day. Um, it's really hot and I'm sticky. I don't smell great. And this is a podcast all about being sticky and not smelling great. Um, humidity is a real issue for me at the moment. Um, I've just got into a hot car after a day at work and uh, jumped in, but I couldn't, didn't have a chance to run the aircon while I stood outside under a tree, uh, admiring the shade and the shady tree. Instead, I had to get in the car, sweat through it, and I've just managed to get slightly comfortable with the aircon. I've turned it down slightly to record this, uh, which shows an unusual level of commitment to this podcast. Uh, ordinarily, I would just leave the fans blasting uh, all the way home on Max AC with wanton, dis- want- wanton, wanton disregard for the additional petrol consumption in, in the name of just comfort and not leaking sweaty fluids from uh, every uh, every part of my body in every way imaginable. You don't want to know about that. But I have some questions about humidity. Humidity was at 94%. Now, if the air is technically 94% humidity, the humidity comes from moisture in the air, Technically, 94%, does that mean we're almost underwater? Uh, it doesn't feel right, but it doesn't feel like we're underwater. I ha- no one has drowned. In hum- has anyone ever drowned humidity? Valid questions. If this was a, a genuine podcast, we'd ring a scientist. They'd explain what humidity is, how it works, why you don't drown when it gets to 94%, why we technically don't become sea mammals uh, when we are in that environment you know maybe if you live in a humid place your lungs over generations might evolve the ability to breathe underwater uh, I don't know I'm not a scientist my degree is in documentary film and television and uh, that is not at all scientific uh, I made films um, I did the kind of thing that students did during their student years but I certainly did not learn anything scientific apart from things I saw on the news or I was going to say Tomorrow's World which was a classic British programme about science but that hasn't been made for about 30 years that's say 20 years I'm not that old um, I am getting older uh, so yeah none of that just me speculating on what humidity is um, moisture in the air we're nearly underwater that's how hot and humid it is uh, the temperature says 28 degrees I f- pretty much feel like it's um, about 100 now despite being a 33 year old man with a degree in documentary film and television and uh, life experience uh, as as much as you experience life as a white middle-class person in a developed country um, I guess my definition of life experience might be very different from somebody else uh, who is much less privileged than me, uh, just as an observation. Anyway, I have no idea how to judge the temperature when someone starts talking Fahrenheit. Um, Celsius, I'm a Celsius guy. Um, That's my flavour of ice cream, Celsius, degrees Celsius. Degrees Fahrenheit 
is a separate language to me. If somebody says, hey, it was 62, I don't know if that's hot or cold. Uh, in Fahrenheit, it's completely meaningless. I don't know how to convert it. I've got no interest in doing it. So um, I think I, I lack one of the fundamental life skills of being able to understand two very simple systems of measuring the temperature. Um, I just choose one and despite several opportunities in my life of sitting on the toilet thinking what shall I google now, what shall I learn now while I'm sat on this toilet for 10 minutes, I've never got round to work to google in Fahrenheit um, and now that I'm talking about it I might make the effort to never google Fahrenheit and that will be one of my uh, something they can write in my eulogy when I die family man did some jobs uh, paid the mortgage off hopefully and made the conscious decision to never understand Fahrenheit and its relation to Celsius as a way of measuring temperature in his life something he was proud of uh, something he stuck to his guns on despite the open and easy accessibility of information on almost every electronic device and hopefully this will be in the future where you can just upload that kind of information to your brain with some kind of SNES cartridge or something maybe even more high-tech probably wireless um, he chose to rewrite the software so that he learned everything that was possible to learn when they put the data in his brain but he asked them to leave that out even though uh, it was a very easy thing and it was caused more problem to rewrite, rewrite the data to remove that um, it was a kind of a universal knowledge cartridge that they introduced in 2050 to put in his brain uh, he paid an extra 50 dollars or about 34 pound to uh, have something removed from there uh, and maybe they'll say that in my eulogy maybe I won't live that long um, I am recording a podcast while driving uh, but it's legal, it's just like having a conversation, except I'm talking to myself. So, humidity. Fahrenheit is a waste of everyone's time. If you believe in Fahrenheit and you're ignorant to Celsius, I'd like to know you. Why have you stuck, uh, why have you nailed your colours to that mast? You know, are we that different? Do we have more in common than we have in different? Is that our only difference? But, you know, a scale, Celsius just makes more sense. Um, oh God, it's just gone up to 28 and a half. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. It's, the temperature's still going up. Um, I didn't move to Canada for 28 and a half degrees, four o'clock in the afternoon. I moved to Canada for minus 15 um, and eight foot of snow. Uh, and not being able to leave my house while a bear dances on my roof. Not for uh, what can be considered as a record sweaty day. Um, I'm sure that most of the humidity issues right now are being contributed by my own body and the bodies of people around me. Everyone is giving off moisture and the air is full of moisture. There's seven billion people in the world. Um, that's a lot of moisture. Um, I'm sure that if people stayed in a room long enough we'd create our own weather system and our moisture would collect into clouds and then sweat rain would fall on us um, 
I'm no scientist. I've got a degree in documentary film and television, which uh, I've mentioned three times, which I don't mention very often to people. Um, I know people with degrees in really tough subjects. Um, I didn't even do an exam for mine. I just made a film and had to write a dissertation. Um, what were, I, I was trying to remember what my dissertation was. Some people wrote really interesting dissertations on my course. Like a 10,000 word essay about something that was meaningful. I got it. My dissertation was the uh, influence of the documentary style on comedy. That was my dissertation. It was just an excuse to watch uh, The Office and then pretend that there was um, some meaningful stuff to talk about that went beyond a simple, um, it makes you laugh, it's funny kind of explanation for watching it. Um, I thought it was a good choice. I find it hard to gauge in, engage in things that don't interest me, so I thought, let's write a dissertation about something that interests me. And I did alright. I got a 2-1 for my dissertation. I'm crap at stuff like that, so um, on the whole it was a victory for me. Uh, you don't really care about my degree and how I got it, and um, I'm aware of that and I'm still talking about it, so I'm going to change the conversation. Uh, wow, commuter, commuter alert. That'll be a new thing I'll do. Whenever something happens that's interested on my journey, commuter alert, commuter alert, commuter alert. The traffic is backed up. Um, tying this podcast back to the fundamental reason of its existence. It's about commuting. It's about the story of commuting and my commute. And things just, things just hotted up things uh, just got a bit crazy the uh, narrative twist just kicked in the flea flea the free flowing traffic see that's the kind of thing that a professional outfit would edit out I'm keeping it in I said flea instead of free the free flowing traffic is no more and it's come to a mild standstill and a slow crawl um, and I'm stuck in it um, millions of people across the world experienced this during a commute. Um, in 1975, a man called uh, Philip Turnbull um, was driving back from his home in Lithium Springs, Colorado, and he got stuck in the world's first traffic jam. Before then, there weren't enough cars in the world, um, and scientists and mathematicians have worked out that there was a, a tipping point in the mid-70s where... Um, they called it uh, peak traffic where they would get to a point where the first traffic jam would happen and then afterwards traffic jams would always happen with the rate of production of cars um, it's a really interesting uh, kind of science I think and a really interesting study that um, I'm not making up off the top of my head is a real thing you can google it lithium springs traffic jam google that see what comes up something will come up and they realised that after peak traffic there would be traffic jams forever and in an effort much like the millennium bug the the YK2 bug Y2K bug I don't know it's history no one cares that stupid date calendar issue that they had with computers where the world was going to end people just started setting cars on fire just hoping that they could reduce the number of cars so they would never reach peak traffic. Um, 
but they failed. Ultimately, people wanted cars. Cars were becoming more affordable. Um, wealth was growing. People were becoming more affluent. And uh, peak traffic was something they had to live with. And we've lived with it ever since. Ever since, you know, that was the mid seventies. I was born in the mid eighties. By then, traffic jams were becoming a way of life for the vast majority of humanity, um, or at least people with cars, or people who were sitting in cars, owned by people with cars. Um, another interesting fact, um, the world's longest traffic jam is uh, 82 miles long. Uh, it started in 1993 when uh, somebody tipped a hot dog stall over in a um, street in North America, in a country called America, uh, in, which is part of North America, but it's not all of it, um, in the state of Ohio. And that traffic jam has been there ever since. Uh, the people in the traffic jam slowly perished because it lasted for so long. It was the first time Ohio had experienced a major traffic jam. Nobody knew what to do. The police didn't know how to respond. Mistakes were made. And uh, they preserved that traffic jam to remind everyone in the future, future generations, the terrible cost of bad traffic management. And the outcome from the various inquiries that happened from from the, the traffic jam showed uh, just that people weren't prepared for it. You know, even after the peak traffic scare of the 70s, um, it hadn't just, it hadn't absor been absorbed by the uh, emergency services, the civil authorities, the, the road planning people, the traffic light maintainers. Um, the policeman with white gloves who dance in the middle of the traffic, uh, directing people, constantly blowing on whistles. It just hadn't happened. And the consequences now are at 82 mile, I think that's what I said the first time. So whatever I said the first time, that long traffic jam uh, with the bodies of the commuters trying to get home to have their tea. Um, and to go shopping, forever clogging that road. Um, and traffic's really bad there because of it. The, ironically, it's made more traffic, um, which is uh, a sad, sad uh, effect when you're trying to create a memorial to make people remember the danger of traffic jams and the lack of understanding related to how deadly they could be. Um, but, you know, you live, you learn. People are now prepared for those traffic jams. The, the traffic has moved around them and you can still visit it. I recommend going there on foot because you'll queue the, to get there unless you get there really early in the morning um, and just walk up and down and think and contemplate and, and remember even if you weren't there. Just imagine you were and then remember and feel sad. Um, so yeah, this is why traffic is a big deal. It needs to be taken more seriously. Um, I hope this podcast can raise awareness of it. I'll find more stories like this to share with you. Um, I know that people often ignore these kind of facts, and that's probably why you've never heard them before. Uh, it might be why you're kind of wondering whether I've just made them up off the top of my head. 
because, you know, people make up fake news all the time. Um, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a real advocate for fake history, which is like news, fake news, but um, it's from the past and harder to disprove because everyone's dead. Um, although I was talking about the 70s and 80s and a lot of those people are still alive, but Google it. Do your own research. I've said something. Don't assume that I'm telling the truth. Do your research. Um, don't just believe a news article. Always do your research. If you've got time, if you don't have time, just don't look at the news. Just tune everything out. Listen to music instead. It's uh, it's better than listening to the news, um, I find. Because, you know, terrible things happen. There are 82 mile long traffic jams full of uh, shriveled corpses. There are various other things that are much worse and, and actual real things that are worse and not made up so yeah on that note I want you to homework after this podcast sit in a room turn the lights off think quietly to yourself just imagine you're sat in traffic and you've been there for over a year you just wanted to get home your battery's flat in the car um bird excrement has caked the roof from your stationary position you've got about 15 parking tickets um, they've clamped the car so even if the traffic did start moving and you had fuel and you had a battery that worked um, you would just your car would be uh, unable to move just as homework after this podcast just do that for I don't know maybe four hours in the darkened room uh and I'll give you a real sense of perspective. I was going to say, I'll do it. I won't. I've got other things. I've got a bit of work to do tonight. So uh, I won't get a chance, but you should. Um, you definitely should. 